You want to change the world? Make as much money as you can. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to the podcast. I feel like I'm still surfing, just like five feet off the ground. The retreat last week was so incredible. I don't even know if that's enough of a word. I just feel like together as this collective of women, we just were able to set down so much static, so much resistance, and together it's so palpable, like the rising and the expansion. Yesterday, I posted a beautiful clip from a woman who has a business called Wow Meme. Her name is Taktis. She is incredible, and she got up at the end of the retreat, and she spoke about really unity, And, um, she grew up in Pakistan and to hear her perspective on creating bridges in the world, because we're really just one family was truly so powerful. If you want to see that clip, you can go to my Instagram at Kathy.Heller. I think it would really touch you because boy, is there enough on the news that just shows so much division between people. And it was just one of the most powerful moments of my life. So I played it on my Instagram yesterday. And I'm really so inspired and proud of Taktis because she started with $50 to her name and wound up growing a business that is about to hit six figures. And while growing that business, she's been able to send money abroad and help a school to stay open in Pakistan and help employ women in Pakistan. And, um, you know, there's just no more room for us to play small. There's just no more time for women to shrink and apologize. Um, you know, Mother Teresa said it takes a checkbook to change the world and it does. And it's not just that. It's that women have the ability to really find it in their hearts to have empathy. And I think it's really uncanny that if you look around the world, there's just not a lot of women in leadership. And I just wonder, I just wonder how much the world would change if we were there on the the center of the stage. You know, we did this retreat and my friend Jonah was the only man who was there because he was hired as the photographer. And at the end of the event, he pulled me aside and he said, you know, when I first got here, I saw you guys like getting up and sharing and journaling. And then there was a woman who came and led you guys in breath work. And I kept thinking, I don't know, my guy friends and I would never do this. Like, this is not something I've ever seen men do. 
And he said, and then when Takti's got up and shared, he said, I just got brought to tears because I thought, oh my gosh, we need women to lead so that we start to see what it looks like to create real power in the world. And real power comes from love. And the real power, the real force comes from what really connects us in that one infinite stream. So this retreat was just so incredible. And we're going to do a huge event at Royce Hall at UCLA at the end of October. So stay tuned for the details for that. And I'm just so excited about all the amazing interviews that we have coming up. But today I wanted to play for you a little clip of the retreat for those of you who didn't get to be there. And for those of you who are saying, I really want to be at an event like that, we are having an event for just 14 women. It's going to be September 6th, 7th, and 8th in Santa Monica at Hotel Casa del Mar. And this is our most like sort of intimate event. So we're calling it our Lux Retreat. Everybody will get that one-on-one time. And we want to just play with this, you know, have some events where there's a small, small group, some events where there's going to be a much larger group and some events like we did last week where there's a, you know, just about 90 women. So, um, if you want to be at this Santa Monica retreat, there's a few spots left. You can go to kathyheller.com slash Lux to grab your spot. And if you are an alumni of one of my programs, we do have special, um, pricing available. So you could DM me for that. All right. Well, I want to share with you a few snippets from the retreat as I said, it was really sacred and I know not everyone was able to make it. So I thought this might be important for you to hear just a little part. Take a listen. Okay. So here's my little announcement for today, for this morning, setting the intention for the day. So yesterday we did this hard work, you know, which is like showing up for all this stuff that's been sitting here and acknowledging it and facing it. And releasing, hopefully, you know, a, a, an aspect of it. I think that's a lifetime of work, but we're like massaging it, right? And that's important. And so today you kind of get the reward of having like gone in there, you know, and been able to just be aware. You know, I remember having Danielle Laporte when we first became buddies and she was on the show for the first time and she's like, yeah, you have these moments in your life where you're like, I'm crushing it. I do yoga. Like... I'm good. And then you're just like not acknowledging that like there's a whole thing going on inside of you that needs to be acknowledged. And she said, and the biggest breakthrough comes from, oh, there's this like darkness over here. And as soon as I can just like look at it, open the door and be like, hi, you know, I begin this transformative, gorgeous thing called healing and being able to set it free. Right. So I think that's the work and kind of like I asked John Kabat-Zinn, I was at an event with him and I was like, but what if you don't want to sit with it all the time? Like, does that make you weak? Like, what does that mean? If you're avoiding it, is that avoiding it? And he said, no, he was like, your nervous system really can't handle like always being available for all the stuff. So he's like, I kind of look at it like a moth to a flame, like you dance close And then you like dance away from it a little bit. And then you go back and you're able to see more of it. More of it gets revealed and more of it gets released. And the beautiful thing I learned from studying for two and a half years at the UCLA Mindful Awareness Research Center and going on so many meditation retreats, which is why you can hear me tell that story I told you yesterday. And then you're like, but she's bouncy and it seems genuine. It's like, well, I've been doing this 
for 15 years, you know, I've been sitting with it and I've been doing a lot of things. And so now there's like a lot less of it. It's kind of like when you're like, you know, unwinding some kind of knot and there's just less of it left, you know, it's that kind of a thing. But what I can tell you is as you go through this by just being aware of it, just being aware of it, just sort of holding a little bit of light around it, just making space, however you want to sort of picture that, it starts to disappear. It starts to dissipate. You know, feelings in our body are like visitors and they knock louder and louder until you open the door and let them in. And then when you let them in, they're a visitor. They don't stay forever. They might stay for an hour, have a cup of tea. Sometimes they might stay for three months, you know, because there's grief in there that really needs your attention. And that's part of this gorgeous human experience. Right. And so a lot of the time when people are like positive thinking, it's like, well, some of that works. But if you don't sort of get to the root of what's really constantly behind here, then you're going to have to keep like saying these affirmations to yourself. And it won't necessarily go in as deeply as if you just make space for all of it. Right. Part of the gorgeousness of this human experience is all these feelings. And it makes the joy so much brighter when you have this contrast of like, I know what it feels like to hurt. I know what it feels like to be scared and lose something or someone. Ah, so I really appreciate how high I can fly when I let go, when I'm totally in trust, when I'm totally surrendered, when I feel so whole. So I'm so proud of us. And I'm so proud of all of you for making a safe space. And we all held for each other. There were so many beautiful, you know, moments of that. And what I want to say today is that while this idea of being resonant and we did this meditation yesterday and we sort of moved into oneness and all of that, and it's, it's so beautiful and it's really so much of the work and really, and this is something that I couldn't really have said yesterday because there's sort of moments where you're more able to be ready to hear certain things. The truth is that the secret to everything you want is joy. But you ever meet someone and they're really happy and they annoy you? So we have to kind of like move into joy. Because sometimes when we're over here on a continuum of feelings and somebody's operating from joy, we don't relate to it. And it feels like it's actually, it's like could be annoying in some way. It doesn't feel genuine because we're, several feelings away, let's just say. But yesterday we went through this process together. I feel like today we're really ready to trust each other to let the joy rip, right? What do you think? So the thing about it is um, growing up in my house, you know, my family was, they, they were doing their own like thing. Everybody plays a role. And I think I saw everyone playing a certain role. My sister played a certain role. So I took this other role, which was joy. Like, you know, how about this over here, everyone? And so in a way, it was kind of a blessing to play that role because my mom would look at me sometimes and she would say in bewilderment, look, you're so happy. Like, what is that? You know? And then I got sort of like known for it. It became like my identity. And there was a part of my life when I started going to therapy and when I was in college where I resented that. I was like, don't you know, I'm not always happy. Aren't you aware? Like, you know, and I did some excavating of that so I could actually come back to joy in a real true way. And I have to say the good news was I had practiced joy a lot because that was kind of like the way I dealt with all this chaos. It was like, 
but what about if we use our imagination? And so I loved Rainbow Bright and Punky Brewster, and I just related to those kinds of things, and my room was painted yellow, and I had Care Bears everywhere, and I used to imagine, I used to go in my room and close the door and pick up a spoon or a magic marker, and I would set up all my dolls and pretend I was, like, on stage, you know, and have these concerts, and I'm sure we all have these, like, moments in, in our lives, but I got really good at practicing using my imagination. And so what I want you to know, and we're going to do a little exercise now, is that our vibration literally is like a skeleton key, okay? And whatever you are casting with your vibration, it's equivalent to a key that opens a door. And so each of us has a different vibrational signature in every moment. And some people's vibrational signature doesn't change that much from day to day. And you go, oh, that's her personality, right? Or sometimes somebody has a certain vibrational signature for like you're on a trip. And for the four days you're there, you're like, he's in a mood. And it's like a certain vibrational signature, right? And then sometimes you notice that it can fluctuate. Whatever that is, that is literally the thing that is unlocking whatever is coming into your life in being being manifest in the 3D reality. Like truly, end of story. And so our most prized possession and treasure is our vibe. And so that's why if you watch a movie like Amelie, or I don't know what movie you like that you see a girl that you think is just like, She's got something going on, right? Something whimsical. There are people, and you'll hear this a lot, like, God, I love your energy, right? That's the best compliment in the world. And when people say, God, I love your energy, you know that on the other side of that is going to be any opportunity you could possibly ever have with that person. You just got it. And so I noticed in my life that, there were all these people around me who were just like dwelling in this emotional habit, this vibrational habit, this emotional addiction of nothing works out. Don't you see the evidence of it? I was always like, wait, why would you focus there? And so in a way, and I don't just mean in a way, I mean, totally and completely my mother, and she knows this, you know, we've done so much like with such an open, clear dialogue at this point, you know, I'm exactly who I am because that was like going to the gym. And when you go to the gym and you want to build muscle, they give you resistance machines, right? And that resistance builds the muscle. And so having a mother who was suffering from depression my whole life and couldn't get out of bed and had all these issues, I became like a master. She was like my first client. So I became a master being like, why are you focusing over there? Can I get, and I get her out of that for like, 30 seconds or like even an hour. Sometimes I'd be like, let's go. We'll walk in the grass. We'll take off our shoes or blow. She's like, look at the butterfly. Oh, oh, you could, and then she'd go right back down. Like, why is she going back down there? You know? And so I learned how to practice just getting back there, getting back there. And it was like life or death for me as a kid. But then eventually I realized it was just so fun. And then the more I understood going to UCLA and studying the brain and the way that things work, I was like, oh my God, it's not your thoughts. It's your body. It's not your mind. It's your body. Because every time you think a thought, you feel a feeling and it has a chemical that comes with it. Cortisol, not your friend. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is your cells actually get frozen and get addicted to a certain way 
that they feel is you. And everybody wants to be coherent with who you think you are. You want to be congruent. So you wake up every morning. <laughs> Sometimes you ever have the experience where you wake up and for a moment you forget your problems. And then you look in the mirror and you recognize you go, oh, here's me again, right? <laughs> here's my life. Here's my day. Here's my relationship. Here's my thing. And it's all coming back, right? Because we just have a pattern. We remember it. And then it's not your mind that you're dealing with. It's just your actual body. And your body is so addicted to the cortisol, more addicted than cigarettes. Cortisol is more addicted than nicotine. It's unbelievable. So we're addicted to feeling like shit. No joke. We are. And so what we have to start to do is like you start practicing what it feels like to feel really good. Like we just danced. And by the way, thank you for that. Katrina's like, let's go. And she started that whole party. So you practice feeling good. And then when you notice that you start to feel bad, you, you become you become the leader, right? You start to lead from an elevated mind and you have to teach your nervous system it's safe here. It's okay. You can let go of this. And all that is really is your body trying to protect you. Because when we go into fight or flight, it's our body's way of being like, you have to be hypervigilant about danger. At any minute, someone could crush your heart. At any minute. So if you don't keep focusing on the evidence that there is pain and problems in your life, you could let your guard down. And if you let your guard down, you open your heart. Oh my God, something had happened. But we know that actually it's the opposite because by being in that constant state of fight or flight, we don't feel good. And then what is our vibration doing? It's sending out a certain amount of static and that static does not have any skeleton key other than more static. And we don't want that, right? So I remember coming to LA with nothing, right? And I remember going to the Peninsula Hotel and this is not a girl with a trust fund. This is not a girl with any of that, right? And I would spend $250 of like the 800 that I had and sit my butt down at the peninsula spa for the day. And my friends would be like, seems very irresponsible. Because <laughs> I'd be like, why don't you come with me? It's there. You know, it's on little Santa Monica. It's really pretty there. The lights like this. The I just think it's irresponsible. And I'm like, no, it's irresponsible not to do that. Because every time I do that, I co-sign how much is possible beyond what is experienced right now for me. And then I go there and what happens? I feel so good. Like not a little good. Like, whoa. They're like, Miss Heller. I'm like, oh, Miss Heller. I'm 24 years old. Would you like some tea? Yes. Yes, I would. Yes. They put it down with that little like, um, what's the candy straw? Paint, rock sugar. Thank you. Rock sugar. Oh, rock sugar. And then the blanket comes out, but it's not just any blanket. It's a, actually, I have them now all over my house. Um, my kids do not appreciate, but I would appreciate they would bring me this blanket. It's, if you want to know the brand, there's, I'll tell you, there's two really good brands. They're the two best brands of blankets, but this one was a cat. It's called Cashware with a K. She would lay this cashmere blanket on, lay it on me, tuck it under my feet while I was in the quiet rooms. And within 15 seconds, I was transported into total possibility. I was transported into, oh, the field is wide open. And then I would notice there was no one there. Like maybe, I mean, I would spend the whole day there. I would use the sauna. They had these ice towels sitting in eucalyptus and lavender, and I'd put them on my face and sit there. So I'd be there for the day. So throughout the day, maybe three other women Three other humans would show up in that spot. And I was like, 
where is everyone? Like this is incredible. <laughs> and what would happen? Sure enough, I would leave there and about an hour in or 15 minutes before I left, I'd get some download like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to reach out to so-and-so. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And one by one by one, like one of the downloads was I was sitting there and I'm like, and I was writing pretty mediocre songs at the time, but I wanted to write better songs. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to research who Ingrid Michaelson co-writes with and reach out to that person. And then I did. And then he became my producer. And then we wrote a hundred songs together. And then those songs went on to Grey's Anatomy and Pretty Little Liars. And then three years later, I like even forgot it. You know, you forget like those moments of inspiration because now it's just your normal and you're making 200 grand doing something that feels like eating candy canes. Like that's what my life was like for years was writing songs. And I'd be like, oh, that my song's on Pretty Little Liars. My song's on this. And I've just made $14,000 for that. Like it was so fun. But every time I would take care of my vibration, I would settle down, right? So my nervous system would settle down enough for me to see clearly, to actually see reality. And then it would just float in like, oh, this is a good idea. Oh, and now it's not just an idea. It's a full on sense of courage to just be that, to just be there, to just be it. And people would say to me all the time, you know, it wasn't even like when you sent the demo, I was that impressed that there was just something about your energy. I just knew I should like take a shot and like spend the day with you. And then I spent time with you and I really liked you. And then like people helped me get better at my craft or doors would open, you know, things like that. Right. Why would you wait for something in your environment to give you the feeling of connection when you can give it to yourself? Why would you wait for something to happen to allow in the feeling of abundance into your heart every day? Think about what I'm saying. It makes zero sense. It makes zero sense. We are connected. What did the India read just say? I am divinity defined. I am a star, a piece of it all. I'm light. And what gets in the way? This emotional addiction, this static. And then we get so locked into it in a somatic way, in our nervous system, on a biological level, that then we don't see what's here. We see through that biological cognitive bias. So we keep finding the evidence of it, which makes us just feel more of it when there is all potential in this field, when you are connected to God completely and totally when God is shining through you, but it's really hard for you to feel that when you are focusing like a flashlight, your attention on this emotional pattern, basically. It's actually not so complicated, but it feels like a thousand tons. And what we do then is we decide that we are not in charge, but what happens to us is in charge, that we can't feel connection until somebody shows up and brings it in. That we can't feel abundance until that car is parked into our driveway. And it's the actual complete opposite. And when we think it's that way, we find out it doesn't work. If you've ever been in a relationship and someone comes into your life and you are thinking that this person is going to give you a feeling of wholeness, 
you will destroy that relationship. True or not? True. Yeah. Because happiness is an inside job. And it's nobody else's job to come along and say, oh, I'm going to hold all of your stuff. And when I got married, when my husband and I met, and well, we were, the universe was very kind to me because he was my next door neighbor and I never would have even thought of him or seen him or like thought that's the person I wanted, but he lived next door to me for three years. And then my sister was like, why don't you date him? And I was like, why don't I date him? And then we have three kids. Um, but when we first met, I made the mistake at 27 years old of being like, oh my God, I'm so glad you're here. And growing up, my favorite song, I'm sure a lot of us enjoyed this one, Karate Kid 2, Peter Cetera, Glory of Love. <laughs> I am a man who will... Yeah, you know the song. I thought we were on It's okay. You'll leave me hanging. It's fine. <laughs> but he showed up and I was like, amazing. Here's all my stuff. And I remember there was this tea shop, which I don't know why some of the cutest things people just decide, like, we'll just shut that down. Like, no, that was the cutest thing. So on Melrose, there used to be a Dr. T's. Does anyone remember it? And again, I'm just kidding. Um, there was a tea place. And I remember going in this garden, this Japanese garden, sitting, having my tea, writing in my journal. We've been together for like a month. And I wrote in my journal, oh, no, I fell in love. And I still have an empty feeling inside. And I thought this was going to go away. And I was crying and I was really mad at God. I was really angry and I was really confused. And then I was like, oh, right. This is my job. <laughs> this is my work. <laughs> and then I used to spend time in our relationship getting really stuck because I would forget that a lot. And I would be like, but you're supposed to make this go away. And he was like, there really is nothing I can do about it, you know? But over time, starting to take in and starting to practice finding wholeness and then having somebody who unconditionally loves you really is a gift. It really, I think, has healed so much in my life, but not because I handed him my stuff because that didn't, that, that part didn't work. And what is really amazing is that like he will make fun because I'll say, well, you know, I've been posting jokes of him saying, I'll say, so Lowell, what do I tell you? How do you make a million dollars? He's like, you just pick it up. Like it's right here. You just pick it up. And then at the end of these little riffs he does, I go, it sounds crazy when you say it, but that's literally what I think. Like literally. And you guys, after talking to 650 people, most of whom are either millionaires or billionaires, it's literally that. Like it's literally... On the other side of Steve Jobs coming out of a calligraphy class after being a Zen monk, did you know that he was like a meditator for 15 years? And then he walked into this calligraphy class and he was like, oh my God, I'm in love with fonts. Like, who in the history of the world has ever thought that thought? He did. And then he was like, I'm just going to make technology beautiful. And that's all he had. But the billion dollars was done. It's like, you can see the house, right? And now you get the architect and you build it, get the wood and everything, but you build it in here. We know that you have like a moonshot and you like see it, right? And it's the seeing it that then puts it in your vibration. And then when you walk into the room with someone, they're convinced they see it too. They see what you see. Great leaders and great people who have led the way in anything, they're able to see their vision and feel it so much that they cast it like a projector into the room and everyone else goes, 
that's what we're doing. You know, when I met Brian Grazer, who created Imagine Entertainment with Ron Howard, he's like, I was literally a kid working as a PA at Warner Brothers, met Ron Howard, who wanted to be a director, but he had just done Happy Days. No one took him seriously. And he's like, but I have enthusiasm. And if you've ever seen Brian, his hair stands up. Like, it's like he's been plugged into an electric socket. He's like this all the time. And so Ron Howard was like, dude, leave me alone. Like, I need, like, a real partner. Like, no offense. Like, they become, obviously, best friends. They're, like, the best production team, I think, in the history of, of the Academy. But he's like, just watch me. Just watch me. And so they would walk into a room, and he would sell the movie, and everybody would just be like, great, we're in. And the first movie they sold was Splash. And he told it to Ron Howard. And Ron Howard's like, you just said mermaid, so you lost me. Because <laughs> you just said a man falls in love with a mermaid, and no one wants that. And he was like, but this is what we have, so we're going to sell it. And he walked in the room, and he was like, don't you see it? It's about a guy, and he can never fall in love. And when he finally does, she's a fish. <laughs> and then everybody was just like, yep. Yep, yep. And the studio, the investors gave them the money and the studio was like, this is the biggest risk, the biggest flop. This is the stupidest thing we will ever do. And Tom Hanks became a star and the movie was amazing. And they made so much money because they gave them nothing. They made so much money that then they made like 10 other movies and then they did Apollo 13 and The Beautiful Mind. And Brian said to me, Kat, I just would see it so much. That everything in my body was so enthusiastic and so excited and so genuinely, like, so already it's done. I see it. I'm there. I'm eating the popcorn and it's beautiful. And everybody would just be like, I'm in. And, like, a lot of my friends and my team and my husband, like, my husband says it all the time. He's like, it's very dangerous. You're very influential and it's very dangerous. Because he's like, (laughs) you'll walk in the room and be like... We're all going bungee jumping. And we're like, let's go. You know, like, and he's like, stop it. Like, so wherever we go, and I, I would never go bungee jumping. Don't worry. By the end of the day, I'd be like, let's go. Like, okay. No, we're not. I wouldn't do that personally. But like, we've had so many conversations. We've been out to dinner with friends and I'm by the end of the meal, they're quitting their job. And he's like trying to like clean up my mess. Like, don't quit your job. Like, you know. So he goes, I'm going to start another show, which is like, I made a big mistake, how to get my dream job, how to get my dream job back. So like, it's hysterical, but like, I'm literally, when I'm in, all in, like there's no part, I'm, I don't have neutral setting. It's either all in or shut up. Like it's one of those two. And thank God most of the time it's all in, but it's even exhausting for me sometimes, probably for you too, right? Like, Colleen, we're doing this. He's like, okay, when? I'm like, by eight minutes from now. Okay. Right. It's constant. Yeah. But I find that all of the people that I meet who have created these like amazing, fun, like amazing realities for themselves, like the overthinking thing, we don't have that. Like we're not overthinking it because you're so, it's already done. That's literally my life. Like, as soon as I've had the idea, I've already, like, taken it out of the field, like, this beautiful, infinite, like, I've already taken it, I've experienced it, and to the point where I'm always like, oh, I already did that retreat. Let's plan the next one. She's like, but we haven't actually done it. I'm like, but we did it. It was amazing. What's the next one? Literally like that. Like that. That's how quickly I'm, like, moving through time just in my own vibration, and this is probably back in the day what people would call insane people. I'm like thinking about it now, but it's my life. It's like everything you want, right? When Brian Grazer walks in that room, when Steve Jobs walks in and says to his partner, like, don't you see it? And his friend's like, huh? What? 
don't you see fonts? Don't you see beautiful computers that smile back at you? And his friend's like, sure. Like, okay, I think so. And then they just kind of go on the journey, right? And they make something amazing. It's always here and here first. It's your vibration and your vibration comes from your thought. And your thought is the most powerful thing in the world. And so I want you guys to become so stealth about this that you start to notice, oh my God, it's been 45 minutes. And I just realized I've been thinking and feeling all this concern and worry and doubt and evidence. And it's like, so for 45 minutes, you just turned off the spigot. For 45 minutes, you were just, there was no skeleton key. Because you don't have to wind up sitting next to a certain person and like God knows your address all the time. Like wherever you are, it's fine. Wherever you are physically and wherever you are in time is the perfect time in the perfect place. It's that you have to be there. That's what it means to be in the right place at the right time. You have to be there in the right place at the right time. Most of the time you're not there because you're in the past. You're in the past. You're wired to the past. And something that happened at eight years old or something that happened for a while between 11, 12, and 13 and a way you felt, you're there. So you're not in the right place at the right time because you're in the right place at the right time, but you're not there because you're somewhere else. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So this is why we need to look at these feelings because those feelings are it. And so you're not going to, you're not going to wait for the environment to decide how you feel because why would you do that? That is like taking the most precious thing you have called your life and just being like, I'll just let it be. Let's let it be a surprise. So whoever comes in the day, whatever I bump into, like that will decide how I feel. But really, it's still you projecting the past onto all the things that come into your day. So you're really just going to get the same day you got yesterday. And then you're going to decide that it really wasn't you. It was the things that you bumped into during the day. But really, it was you in the past projecting like a movie screen onto everyone you met, onto everything that happened. See, this is why this can't happen. See, this is why I don't date. See, this is why this, because you're seeing it that way. Have you ever had that experience where you're talking to someone and you're trying to like sell them on going out with someone or you're trying to tell them that they should take a chance and like come with you on this trip? Like, I can't afford it. I did. And you're just like, oh, you really can't hear me. Like you have time. Why do you have that savings at all? This is like, what are you talking about? Like, no, because there's nothing out there. There's no way that, and you're like, oh, okay, we're not right here. We're, you're over there and I can't pull you out of the past, like a wrinkle in time. All right. And now, because I mentioned it in the intro, here's a clip of what Takti's had to say. She, if you don't know, I just want to remind you, she's the founder of Wow Meme and she is working on a new project. It's a movement called Let's Come Forward. She actually grew her business while listening to this podcast. And now I can see that this is not just a business. She's going to be speaking on so many stages. And I actually wanted her to come up and speak at the retreat and share her story of how she grew her business because it's such an example of someone who had plenty of things that could have become excuses. But instead of holding her back, she was extremely resourceful. She didn't question the how and she opened her arms to be a conduit so that she could receive and then give back to other women and children in places where they don't have the same access to opportunities. And the thing is, she's not a hundred steps ahead of most people listening, but she's swimming in this expansion. She's swimming beyond the three-dimensional and what you can see with your eyes. She sees much further than that. 
And this is something I wanted all of us to hear. So take a listen. Speaking of stories, I alluded it to before. Talk to you, come up here for a second. So I just want you to share. Talk to you, you wrote to me and you were in one place and then you wrote to me again and you were in another place and then you wrote to me again and you were in another place. This all happened, at least in my experience, it was like no time, but I think it was over the course of like 10 or 14 months or something like that. But I just want you to clue them in on what, where you were as a stay-at-home mom to taking your family on a three-week trip to California. Like, what were the things that happened? Just share a little bit. I think it's super inspiring. Thank you so much, Kathy. I have a confession to make. Two weeks ago, um, as we like to please everyone and we want to give everyone reasons for whatever we are doing in life, we were sitting down with family friends and they were like, oh, you are going to California. And I was like, yes, is there anything important there? And you like to be accepted and retreat is still kind of a rich person thing. So I was like, um, I'm speaking at the retreat. That's so crazy because I only asked her an hour ago. And I, I cannot, I cannot just let it go. Um, And my husband just looked at me and he was like, he never said a word after that, but. And I didn't ask anyone else. I didn't ask anybody else, partly because I don't know everybody's story intimately and partly because I didn't know anyone who had gone from zero to over here. And then I've, we've been, you know, DMing through her whole journey. So I said to her now, I'm like, would you share it? And you're like, I already knew I was going to do that. All right, go ahead. Um, I still remember around December 2020, I had an accident in October 2020 where I hurt my back and I was coming back from the chiropractor and it was just a very, I felt very lonely business-wise because my business was only, it was going into the second year, but it was just, like, I just felt lonely in my business. I started listening to Kathy and just by listening to her, I'm going to give the numbers because it just makes more sense. I went from 30000 to 80000 within a year. And sometimes I keep on telling everyone this. Your dreams are much closer than you think they are. Um, I still remember, like, washing dishes and thinking, like, every day, six years later, I'm going to be on Kathy's show because that's how long it's going to take for my business to grow. And all I remember was like, I wrote her a little message saying in September that my goal for this year, which was the wildest goal in my dreams, that I'm going to make 60,000. And I made it by September. And then we got onto a live and the rest is history. Um, that became an episode and it was literally like being on opera for me. Um, it was, I mean, I know everyone loves Kathy and then you get addicted to her and I'm kind of in that group. Even like we were doing the meditation today and I saw her Santa Monica retreat and I was like, Oh, I wish I had the money to just go to it. It would be so cool. 
And that's where I left it two weeks ago when it was introduced. And when we were doing this breath work, I saw myself in Santa Monica. <laughs> and I was like, you know, stop it. You can't, you need to stop this craziness. We don't have the money. We just are going through the three month, three week trip. And I'm like sitting with her and all of a sudden the sun comes and like all the layers disappear. And I'm like, okay. And I came back and I texted my husband. I'm coming to Santa Monica in a couple of weeks. But this journey has been incredible. It's something that like, this is just one example of saying that, you know, I'm going to speak at the retreat. And I've seen that during the past one year, becoming true um kathy mentioned in one of her classes like how you took your parents and i was like okay my parents are coming with me to la next week so we were able to get them in in the last week of our trip so budget issues i was like i told my husband i was like you know what we'll get a bigger car when they arrive guess what we got the bigger car the upgrade when we arrived so there's no need to change and then I was speaking to my husband when we were booking menus and I was like, how about we stay in the state rooms because my kids still co-sleep and it has two beds and this would be better. And he was like, are you crazy? Let's just stick with the smaller room. You know, just don't, please just don't go crazy on this. <laughs> and I was like, okay, but watch, it's going to happen. And a week before he calls in and he was like, you remember I talked about the roll-on bed? And they were like, Oh, but that's going to be a fire hazard in that room because that's so small. And he was like, oh, I thought when I spoke to someone, they said that we, it would be possible. They were like, that won't be possible. But if you don't mind, do you want to take the state room? And we're living in that state room. So once again, money is just like Colleen said. She said it perfectly. It's only one form of abundance. And it comes to you. I don't know where the Santa Monica money is going to come from. But some things you don't put a price tag on. And you cannot put it. Just like this retreat, you cannot put a price tag on it. I mean, I honestly thought that I have been so obsessed with her podcast. I was like, I will probably hear the same things over and over again. Because, you know, because I, I follow every each and every episode. But this was magical on so many levels from spirituality to anything else. But I am, I think the physical presence of like what she keeps on saying, it just happens. I mean, I still remember when I started that business, I was in the darkest place in my life without even knowing I had two kids, two and four. I was so absent-minded to an extent where if I'm going to get groceries, I would forget the credit card at home or I would forget the keys in the car. And when I started it, I looked nowhere else. I just started it. And we were financially in the place where we were actually in debt. I got married in Pakistan. We moved back. I wasn't working. We only had $50. I stayed with my sister. She helped us. But... I just saw people and everything change right in front of my eyes very, very quickly. And I think it was very tough for me. And business was something just like Kathy always says, I think it's the best therapy ever because you could actually feel what you are doing and how things are coming together. 
And I started with a credit card, which was 0% for 12 months. So I was like, okay, let's just take the step forward. But just by listening to the podcast, the business has grown. I don't think I can give anyone else the credit except for God and Kathy. It has what you told me. You were making like three grand a month. And then last time I checked in, you were making 12 grand a month. Yes. So you hear that? Three from 3,000 to 12,000. This year, I've already made the 60,000 already. People, we always get so twisted in numbers. Um, the other day, someone asked me, Oh, you talk about like 60K, but how much was the profit? And I was like, Do you not see me? I am the profit. <laughs> so if you didn't hear, she went from being at 3,000 a month to 12,000 a month. And now I want to tell you what her business is to even blow your mind even more. I actually want you to tell them, tell them what you sell and tell them who makes it and tell them what you've been able to give back with that money to them over there. Just explain that because this will blow your mind even more. So I realized with the two kids, I, there's, and I cannot go back and forth between two continents. So all the, this is a dress from Wow Meme as well, my boutique. Um, so all of the items that come and are on all of my inventory is either from a very small business or from the brands. But I have women, we have five women we have hired over the course of year, three years. All of them had never worked before. They're confidently working. They live in little villages in Pakistan. One of them just bought a car two months ago. And I was just on the phone yesterday because Pakistan is going through a very, very rough time financially and inflation is on another level. And I was talking to my manager and I was like, we need to give them a raise. And she was like, oh, so tell me how much you can afford. And I was like, it's not me who's giving them the money. It's them who's earning it. And it's God who's sending it. So I'm just, it's only me. I'm just transferring. <laughs> I'm just doing the transaction. There have been some amazing things that came out of the business. We were able to raffle some handmade scarves for this school, who was, which was going to close its right on the border of China and Pakistan. And they couldn't afford to keep it open because there are 25 children in that school and they needed at least 50. So those 25 children would have to walk 10 kilometers on a very treacherous walkway with like mountains and snow and all of that. So their families obviously had to move. And with just six scarves, which... The retail value would have been $240 for six of them. We were able to raise $4,000 with raffle tickets. And that paid for the entire year. And from there on, the ball started rolling. There are more people funding the school. So they have a music class now. (laughs) And uh, we have done four projects. So one in Pakistan on the border. The second one is in Uganda for an orphanage home. We have also, I have tried to connect with women in Afghanistan. The project is still in process, but they can work from home. And 
they can make whatever they like. And we, I'm trying, the next project is to start something like a thousand villages where we can just take different products and make a little boutique and we can, you know, make so many women resourceful, just like as a woman, we are put in a very, very dark place um, with responsibilities, with the roles, with everything else. But it's equally important to step up. And that's why I started Let's Come Forward. I mean, I really want you to understand what's happening here. So the idea she had for this business was to sell traditional Pakistani clothing. And she was able to find the expansion in the, oh, I don't even have to make it. Like, you see how expansive that is? Some people would be like, well, I have to sew it. I have to produce it. She's like, wait, what would be more expansive is if I create through the vehicle I have here with whatever I have, the tools I have, my voice, my my confidence, my Wi-Fi, right? I could then employ women in Pakistan who need a job who need to be empowered and they can make the clothing and then I can sell the clothing and tell them this is also amazing. How did you sell it? Like, how did you start to sell that clothing? Did you open up a shop? What did you use? I just think it's amazing. So right after the business started, COVID happened. Um, I was supposed to make a trip to Pakistan. I didn't. It ended right away. I was so afraid and I was so mad. I still remember at that time because there were, I had no room to fail. I didn't want to burden my husband with another loan. And then I started using marketplace at, on Facebook. Um, I started to put pictures on. Then I started to do calls with my clients on Zoom, on WhatsApp. Um, I still remember being up all night, like taking videos and pictures. And then we made a website, but those clients, which I spent hours with, now it takes them minutes to place the order. And the whole process is like within 15 minutes, them ordering me getting the stuff done. So I no longer have to do those long Zoom calls to just you know, make that revenue. And I keep on telling everyone, I know we all get very afraid of the number of followers. And I said it on Kathy's um, podcast interview as well, that when I made that 60,000, I only had 300 followers. 300. So the number, I don't think it matters. And I was so afraid of the number until like I kept on hearing on her podcast that it's just a number. You need the engagement even if you have 100 people and 25 of them are buying, that's all that matters rather than having 500 people and only 10 of them are buying. Where can you follow her? You can follow her. So she has two platforms. One is called, I'm going to tell you about this in a second. Let's come forward on Instagram. And the other one, her boutique is beautiful clothing. It's at wow meme, M E E M. And What's really exciting is that as she continued to be led, you know, God's like leading her into more and more expansion. She said to me, oh, I know what my next thing is. Let's come forward. And she wanted, she said, I see the vision of me bringing women together of all places and races and colors and shades and sizes and flavors and stepping up. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Like you are the person who needs to be doing that. And so I want to 
put that out here, even though she's already putting it out here. And I have no doubt that it's just going to keep growing. But this is her movement. You will be seeing her speaking on stages and you will probably be invited to her events because it's one thing to say, I'm going to start a business. It's another thing to say, I'm going to start a business in a way that I can do so much good with every sale. I'm helping tremendous isn't even the word. The way the dollar stretches for these women in Pakistan, they are so grateful to her. She's completely changed their lives and she's able to take her now family on a trip. How many people do you know make $12,000 a month by selling something someone else made in a country where women specifically need that money and need that job? It is just levels of inspiration that I don't have words for. I adore you. Thank you so much for being you. And I can't wait to watch what is happening with you. I love you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. I bless you. Right? I told you it would not disappoint. Everybody was just shaking their head. So I wanted to share that with you because it's amazing. It really is. Like we talk about the word privilege, right? The real time where I feel like using that word is like when you have freedom and Wi-Fi and running water and you can walk outside and you're telling me that you can't start a business, I have no more tolerance for it. I'm out. I've run out. And when I met Takti, she was like, when I saw what was going on in Afghanistan, so here's the deal, guys. We now have smartphones and we all have internet. So we can't look away when things like that happen, right? And she's like, I saw it. I'm like, oh, I need to do something about it, right? Because there are women who don't have the luxury to deliberate if they should start a business. They don't have the luxury to even think about whether or not they should be visible and they should do this or that. They don't have the privilege to do that. And you're sitting here on gold. You can walk anywhere you want and you can say what you need and you can go live on Instagram and you can find a way to be resourceful and start your effing business. Is it true? It's so freaking true and you know it. And you want this kick in the ass because your ego is going to come along six days from now and go, you're never going to figure out how to make that thing. You're no one's going to buy that. No one enough already. Like it's enough. It's toxic. You don't want it. It's not what you came for. We're not having it anymore. The resource people often think they need is more money. And then they often think they need more time. And what talk to these points to you is the only resource you need is your resourcefulness. The only resource you need is your resourcefulness. And on the other side of that, maybe you'll open a school for a year. $4,000 can provide a whole year of education and you're going to sit down and complain for four days. I don't tolerate it anymore. This is what I have been saying for the last few years. I'm like, you want to be political? Make as much money as you can. Right? You want to change the world? Make as much money as you can. Stop sitting around. Stop telling me all the reasons and this and that. It's like, if you want to find evidence for a belief that you can't do something, you'll find it all day. And if you want to find evidence of how you can figure it out, you'll find it that second. So stop it. And every time you think of that, I want you to think of her and let me know how your ego can trump that. Let me know how your ego can look at her face in your mind and weasel its way out of it. It cannot. 
It can not. We don't know one ounce of what it's like to be a woman in those countries in certain areas. We don't know and we don't want to know, but we could do something about it. And they're sitting there begging, pleading that somehow somebody else, somewhere else who can do something is going to make enough money to make a difference. And instead it's like, who am I to make a lot of money? It's so awkward. I'm not deserving of it. Really? Okay. Because she didn't think that way. She said, every time I make a dollar, I'm actively going to help somebody else. And she said it a few times, and this way they can work from home so they can be safe and make money. Are we hearing this? Do you understand how much money, and maybe talk to you, this is something you could do with this community. Do you understand how much money just the people sitting on this deck alone could do to help women in Pakistan right now? Wow, that should keep you up at night. Like that thought should make you want to get up and get to your computer and just start throwing spaghetti at the wall. Does it not? Yeah. I don't know what to say, you guys, because I'm telling you that the majority of, not all of them, but the majority of people who are nice guys, who've been elected, who are in governments around the world, they're not thinking about that. They're just not. They're just not. You know, in nature, the male and female, the women have to circle around the baby tigers because the daddies will eat their food. It's just in their nature. So the mamas have to go, no, 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 you can't have that. The baby needs it. So even in nature, the animals are like, but I just see food. I just want it. I'm just programmed that way. It's not bad, good. They also do a lot of good. They protect, right? It's not bad or good. I'm not making that statement. My husband is the the greatest source of unconditional love in my life. Please don't mishear what I'm saying. But there's other aspects here, which are part of the design and we're being called upon and we are sitting on our ass. What are we doing? Our grandmothers and their kids did all of that stuff with Gloria Steinem so that we could sit here today and go to medical school and vote and all the things that have happened over the years. But we're going to sit here and say, just don't feel worthy of it. Um, here's the deal about empathy. When you start thinking more about those women in Pakistan, it won't be okay to think about if you're worthy because they are. And one of the greatest gifts in my life is that, you know, you see those things on Facebook where it's like, there's a GoFundMe, and a lot of times now, once you click on them, they send you them a lot, is what I realized, because you're part of the algorithm. But it's such an honor to see something come up. Here's a story about a dad I don't know, and he has got this kind of cancer, and I just just anonymously, it's the, that's the real move, you know? Because you get the soul points. You don't want the other kind of points. And you anonymously send a few thousand dollars. You're like, hope that makes a little bit of something happen for someone. That's the best, you know? And that is how our system, that's one good thing about the system is like, you have to give it away. Like you need to write things off and you need to also not have, like it's designed for you not to keep most of it. You know, by the way, your business partner becomes the government for good or bad and they take half of it and then you have that piece, right? And hopefully then you try to direct it in the right ways, but then you have a whole other bunch that you just don't need that you have to give away because of a lot of other reasons and you want to. And it's just like, 
when you leave here and that little pattern comes back, are you going to think about her? Raise your hand if you're going to think about her face. Thank you, Toxies. Thank you so much. God bless you. Let's give her a round of applause. So if you want to support Tocties, you can go find her handle on Instagram at let's come forward or at wow.meme. But I think that we should all really be heeding this call. And I want to be creating all of these experiences where women can come together and come forward. Before we wrap up, I just wanted to share one of the powerful things that had me in tears that I posted a piece of on my Instagram. I think this will really touch your heart. Listen to what she said. It seems like the angels have arrived after hard, hard work. Um, and when we were doing the meditation, I want to like just share it publicly. I saw so much light and I saw flowers just like blooming around me. And then all of a sudden I saw Kathy and I sitting in Jerusalem together with so many women. Um, and after that, I just cannot stop crying because look at all of us. We all speak different languages. We all have different faiths. We all have different roads, but look at the congruence among all of us and the bloodshed and the hatred and all this misery that we just put each other through for no apparent reason, just politics does not make sense anymore. It does not. And, you know, I've never, I like literally felt like while you were there, it was, this is what paradise would be like without any borders, just bridges among each other. I know Kathy has been telling me for the longest time to start coaching. You can do it. You can do it. Even Colleen always it's it has been there but always i was like oh the hijab the brown skin i'm overweight and that just kind of got brushed off here like i was like who am i to just step up you know it's just i cannot stop thinking about the hate that we see all around look at the breath work we did we all breathe the same air all of our hearts beat the same way. How can God like just would have created differentiation between all of us? We are all the same. Listening to the stories, like there's so many times where I was like, okay, so they experienced this too. This exact same thing happens in Pakistan or Pakistani culture or so many cultures I know. It doesn't make sense anymore for all this hatred. And I love you all. And every word and every hug, I think I'm going to cherish it for at least as long as I live. And after that, thank you so much. How gorgeous is that? It truly is beyond words. So here are the takeaways. Number one, the beauty of the human experience is the contrast of all of our feelings. Number two, our most prized possession and treasure is our vibration. It's a skeleton key that opens the door. Number three, when you start feeling bad, teach your nervous system that it's safe here. You can let go of this. Number four, why wait for your environment to give you a sense of connection when you can give it to yourself? We're already connected. Number five, God knows your address all the time. Wherever you are is the perfect time and the perfect place. Number six, your dreams are much closer than you think. 
Number seven, the only resource you need is your resourcefulness. Number eight, you want to change the world then stop sitting around and go make as much money as you can. Number nine, we all speak different languages. We have different faiths. We have different roads, but the congruence among all of us is the same. It's there. We breathe the same air. Our hearts beat the same way. We are all part of this sacred infinite light together. We are that paradise, just bridges amongst each other. Thank you so much for listening. It's really just such an honor to do this work. I am so excited for the episodes coming up. So please make sure that you subscribe on Apple podcasts or you're following us on Spotify. And if you enjoyed this episode or another episode, then share it with a friend and leave us a review because it helps us more than you know, and it doesn't cost a thing. And if you can think of a person or three people or five people who would appreciate this conversation, then please take a second and send them the link, email them the link, post the link on your Instagram and tag me at kathy.heller so I can repost some of your shares and tag Takti. She's at wow.meme, W-O-W.M-E-E-M. And she's also growing her profile at Let's Come Forward. If you want her to speak at your conference, if you want her to speak on your stages, and also let me let you know this, she's coaching. She's doing business coaching to help women to grow their business. And she's phenomenal. You can just reach out to her if you want her to do some speaking. If you want to be coaching with her, she's offering one-on-one coaching. She's amazing. Last thing, if you want to join us in Santa Monica, September 6th, 7th, and 8th, you can sign up at kathyheller.com slash Lux. I love you so much. I'll leave you with a song and I'll talk to you on Thursday.